Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Parallel to the European Union, there is another body called the European Political Community. Its very first meeting takes place tomorrow in Prague and will include representatives from 44 European countries. Michal Martin will be there and Liz Truss will be there. So what exactly is it for? Shona Murray is Europe correspondent with Euronews. Afternoon, Shona. Hi, Sean. Uh, now, the, the this was uh, something Macron has been pushing and, and has this idea been floating around for a while? Yeah, it was floated by him initially in 2019 as a sort of alternative to enlargement because we know there's been several member states or sorry, countries in the Western Balkans that have been queuing up to join the European Union. But he said he wouldn't agree to any more enlargement until there was fundamental reform of the member states that exist. So he thought, well, you have this political community, at least there'll be engagement with those countries. And that way you'd bring them into the fold of Europe as in European Western values without giving them access to the table where they'd have voting rights and access to the single market. And the reason for that was because we've had so many problems with Hungary and Poland, which have both countries have been breaching EU law, rolling back on European principles, getting billions and billions of European money from the budget and not essentially engaging as proper member states, you know, to having a transactional relationship. And he, mm. he was making the point that we can't go on like that and, and bring in more countries when we haven't dealt with, with the countries that we have already. It's evolved since then because of the Ukrainian war, obviously, because Ukraine is also waiting to get a membership. And now it's seen as a more of a strategic thinking format for the future of the continent. And then you mentioned there Liz Truss. Aside of that is, of course, because the UK is going, it's seen as a potentially way of breaching the divide between the EU and the UK because the relationship has been so bad over the past few years. Yeah. Now, so at this meeting tomorrow... Is the European Union there or are the 27 members of the European Union there as individual countries, if you like? It's, 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 it's the, the EU is there, the Commission, the President of the European Commission, the President of the European Council. So the EU is fully represented with the member states. But it's a very good question because... Uh, this is the first meeting and they're, they're, the EU is trying to try to sit in the background somewhat because the UK's concern is that this is going to be the EU plus everyone else and be led by the European Union when we know that the UK obviously doesn't want that. Um, so the EU will be represented, will be engaging in the conversations because enlargement will be part of it, but um, will be very uh, clear to stay out and not try to impose sort of EU regulatory systems or rule of laws or or, um, any of the sort of institutional elements of the European Union be more there just to help the dialogue uh, be fostered. And that's what the UK is concerned about. The UK is also concerned about, I mean, one of the other major topics will be strategic defence of the continent, you know, in light of the Russian uh, war. And the UK wants to make sure this doesn't cross over with what NATO does as well. Yeah. So it, it, is it a bit that, that all the, these 44 countries are going there and maybe each country has a slightly different version in their own minds as to what this might be for? 100% because there isn't anything laid out as to what it will evolve into or what it's proposed for. I think broadly speaking, it's about, like I said, a strategic future of Europe 
Um, what does that entail, though? Because, I mean, parts of that is also relations with Russia. You have Turkey and Serbia there, which aren't applying EU sanctions or Western sanctions, I should say, against Russia. They have close relationships with Putin. So does Hungary as well. So it's really about well, where, where do we move on from this in terms of the war? And I think that's part of it as well, that they want to have straight talking conversations with the likes of Erdogan and others as to why um, they take the positions they do in a, in a much more informal way, because normally these conversations take place in a much more confrontational manner at NATO uh, and other specific formats. So this is more about having a conversation and seeing how it evolves. The idea is that they want to get make some substance out of it so that they can have another meeting potentially um, held by the UK. So you'd switch over from an EU country to a non-EU country and then take it from there. Um, but there's not going to be any sort of legislation come evolving from it. It's not like the G7 where, you know, you have even today the G7 agreeing on a price cap for Russian oil, for example. It won't really be that influential. But at the same time, you can understand why it's needed because there is a disjointed approach to Russia globally. And it's really about say, discussing how we can prevent world wars. Mm. Now you can see because you can as you explained it you can see the uh, the EU logic of having an organization like this for Britain. What what would they hope to get out of it? Well, you've been speaking to British officials. Um, so I think ultimately this is about you're better off being in the tent than outside the tent because um, Britain sees itself as global Britain. And if you're not going attending something like this, this, then why not? And then you're also given the opportunity for the EU to dominate. And that's something that the British really don't want to do. They're trying to forge relations within the multilateral system outside the EU. So, you know, at the United Nations, at the G7, at NATO and so on to try to, I wouldn't say undermine the EU, but certainly diminish the role of the European Union. So they really kind of have to go. And then we see a little bit, although I'll be very careful about saying this, a, a, a slight change of tone with the EUK's approach to the European Union in recent weeks, which was very surprising mm. because actually we thought there would be much more belligerence with Liz Truss, with um, uh, you know all of the other uh, appointees who are hardline Eurosceptics in her cabinet. But I've been speaking to British officials who say they really do want to resolve the issue of the Northern Ireland Protocol and turning up to this event is about making amends as well as ensuring that the UK has a role in the future of Europe. I mean, since the EU left, since the UK left the EU, the EU has changed and is evolving profoundly because of the war. And Britain doesn't have a say at the table. And it used to be one of the most influential member states of the EU, but like a, 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 alongside France and Germany, not lower than France and Germany. And mm. they really, I think that was a real mistake about the whole conversation about Brexit. The feeling that British people had, they had no influence, but they actually were the most constructive members of the single market. So yeah. they're, in a way, it's about coming back. Yeah, Th those British officials who you've spoken to who've said, yes, no, we really want to res resolve these issues around Brexit. Are they the same British officials who were perhaps instructed to be belligerent a year ago? Yes. <laughs> yes, I mean, entirely. And this is why it's very hard to trust this because they're coming, they're taking, you know, uh, their orders from Downing Street and from, uh, from London. Mm. And that's why it's hard to believe this because I remember when uh, David Frost resigned, when Trust came in, she did actually have a plan in action to move things forward based on what the EU had, had offered around the protocol and, and getting it resolved. And then her having that sort of, you know, crown of sorting out the Northern Ireland Protocol and moving on and so on. But then she realised, okay, it's actually better to be belligerent to the EU because that 
gives more support in the ERG. And those officials had to have a vote face essentially and say, actually, yeah, we, we, we're, we're actually, we're going to, instead of all that, we're going to introduce the Northern Ireland Protocol Bill and try and scrap the whole thing. So that's why it's hard. You, you kind of feel like you've been here before with these mm. people and, and they, they, they feel that too, you know, because these are officials, but certainly, um, you know, that's why I was asking them yesterday. Well, is this real? Um, <laughs> should, what, what's, what's going to happen? And they, they feel like there is something that needs to resolve. I think the fact that like we're in a really different sphere here and there is a definite threat of a trade war from the European Union against the UK if they breach the protocol and they really can't, they really can't afford that, particularly when they're talking today at the Conservative Party conference about growth. I mean, how do you have growth when your nearest partner, trade partner is suing you and cutting you off and applying tariffs to a lot of your exports? Yeah, it's interesting times then. Shona, thanks a million as ever. Shona Murray there, Europe correspondent with Euronews. That's our lap for today. Kieran's up next on Newstalk. Our production team today, Ashley Moore, Hugo De Silva, Simon Tierney and Sinead Keogh. We'll talk to you tomorrow at two. See you then. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.